It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RSL Sundays podcast here at the Hive Sports, bringing you all things Real Salt Lake throughout this week. Joined by myself, as well as Alex Maurer, to talk to you about some awesome stuff going on this week, especially the opening day game. We have waited so long in this short off season, but it's finally here, opening day for Real Salt Lake. Alex, how are you doing on this RSL opening day game eve? I'm doing great. I'm amped. I won, or we, should I say, we won our tournament in St. George for the team that I coach. So I know everybody was waiting to hear that answer. And just generally doing good, ready for the season. What about yourself, Ethan? Well, first of all, that's uh, that's really good to, to hear that you guys won the championship. So congrats on that. Thank you. Thank um, you. I, I am good. I am absolutely exhausted after a full day of house hunting. Um, house hunting in Utah right now is like absolutely miserable. So <laughs> if you know, you know. But yeah, it's been really bad. So it's I'm not exhausted, the, but It's not what the show House Hunters makes it out to be? Uh, no, definitely not. It's uh, <laughs> probably a lot less glamorous than what it even looks like there. So, um, yeah, very difficult and very hard, but you know, obviously it's got a big reward. Hopefully there. Yeah, great point. So good positive outlook, best. Ethan, <laughs> but I am a little exhausted, but I'm excited to talk some RSL. Um, this is honestly like one of my favorite parts of Saturdays is just being able to like Aww. sit back and like talk RSL. Cause it's like pretty relaxing and you know, it's fun to do. It's, it's fun stuff. And it honestly you know. is. And we've been doing it for so long now that I feel like we've kind of got our feet under us a little bit. We got a good routine yeah. going. So I'm glad to hear that, Ethan, because I, I, I enjoy it as well. Good, good. I'm glad you enjoy it and that you don't hate talking with me. It's a <laughs> good to hear that. So, <laughs> so um, make sure if you don't already to follow the Hive Sports at the Hive Sports on Twitter. Also, you can hit us up, follow us at Ethan Kershaw 9 and at Alex Mowers where you can find us. That being said, let's jump on into the episode today and start off trivia that i believe you have for us today is that correct alex i do have a pod trivia question locked and loaded for you if you are willing okay. to partake in this segment once more well since i'm like oh for four oh for five <laughs> yeah i got nothing to lose let's go for it Why great not? point all right so as you know we play the houston dynamo to kick off our 2022 season correct yep. all right what or i guess which rsl player has scored the most goals all time against the houston dynamo is it a Alvaro Sabarillo, B, Joao Plata, or C, Javier Morales? If you um, need a hint, I've got one for you, but only if you need it. Hmm. Okay, so Sabarillo, Plata, who was the other one? Javi. Javi. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to have to go somewhere between... Do you need a hint? if i tell you my 50 50 <laughs> you can decide if you want to give me a hit my 50 50 i'm gonna i'm gonna narrow it down to between plata and saverio we're gonna give you a hit <laughs> he also this player also has the most assists all time against the dynamo 
Okay, well then it's got to be Javi because that, that dude dished out a lot. It of is Javier Morales. <laughs> Wonderful, <laughs> Ethan. Great deductive skills. Javi has seven goals and seven <laughs> assists against the Dynamo. Both of those lead the way for RSL players in that head-to-head matchup. Congrats, Ethan. I'm so proud. We finally made it to this point. Correct answer by deduction. That is how I passed college, folks. You so. nailed it. Good work. <laughs> Thank you for the help on that one. <laughs> But awesome. Yeah, Javier Morales, that's super cool. Um, I didn't know that. I thought he would have a good amount of assists, but that hint definitely helps. So awesome. Um, So yeah, RSL gearing up for the game against Houston. That'll be fun. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we've got to talk a little bit about the Monarchs and our Monarch Minute. Um, Alex, you talked a little bit about it on Twitter this week. And uh, I said, you know, I'll put the over under at about three minutes. So <laughs> let's see if you can get under three minutes in this Monarch minute. Ready, I, set, go. Oh, you're throwing me right into it. I've rehearsed this. All right. The Monarchs made a couple of signings this week, including German super draft pick and defender Jasper Loffelsind, as well as Penn State midfielder Pierre Reedy to their inaugural MLS Next Pro roster both of whom featured for Real Salt Lake in their preseason matchups in Portland. The Monarchs team also released their preseason roster, which is comprised mostly of, you guessed it, young academy kids, including all of the teenagers that signed with the first team this offseason, so don't expect to see any of them in the future for RSL anytime soon. The Monarchs also released their schedule for the 2022 season, which will see them feature in 12 home games as well as 12 away games, with their decision day season finale scheduled for September 18th, so it's a short season. The top four teams in each conference will qualify for the playoffs. Lastly, Jeremiah Oshan reports that MLS Next Pro games will outlaw draws and instead have ties determined by penalty kick shootouts, so keep an eye out for that and any other potentially unique rules. And I believe I got that in in under 60 seconds. How'd I do? You did it, man. I'm proud oh, of you. Let's good go. That was fantastic. In under a minute. Thank you. I'm Thank very you. proud of you. That was a good amount of information in under a minute. So um, I did my best. Props to you for doing that, Alex. I actually really like that rule um, about the, the going to the penalty kicks after it's tied. Um, I agree, too. Game. So I think that'll be really interesting. I agree, really especially cool if you're a developmental league, you can add one more bonus development attribute, I guess, and make players really good at penalty kick shootouts. So... Frankly, I'm all for it, and I think it's more interesting than draws, and it makes me slightly more engaged in Real Monarchs games. So I'm all I'm all for it. I agree. I think I'll be watching a lot more Monarchs games this season just because of that. So yeah, I'll be, be watching uh, the last four minutes of a lot more Monarchs <laughs> games that are tied zero zero or whatever. I wish you know they did go to the MLS penalty kick shootouts of old, where they would go from like the halfway line and dribble yeah. up and shoot. But that's just because I think that's better TV. It's probably a better skill to have to just do a regular penalty kick. But that's that's boring and lame. So it's better than ties, I guess. Either way is yeah. better than ties. Definitely. Anything's better than a tie, right? So, <laughs> I mean, that'll be fun to watch. And uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, as well as some of the young players that you mentioned um, playing for the Monarchs this year. Um, I've got my eye on Jasper Leffelson. Uh, I, I thought he played the, like okay throughout the time with that he had in the preseason with Real. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he does for the Monarchs and if he can make that push up to the, the first team for Real Salt Lake at some point, maybe this year or next or something, we'll see about that. Yeah, so. and just before we get out of the Monarchs, you mentioned young players, and they indeed have 25 teenagers on the preseason roster and only Goodness five me. players over the age of 24. So they are in full developmental mode if there was any if ands or buts about it going into the season if they were in full transition mode from what they used to be those questions are put to bed they are a developmental team they are the stepping stone from the academy to the first team and it is so so positive for the club to see that formation finally happen for that team 
So yep. super stoked on the Monarch season. Wish it was a little bit longer, but get it during a World Cup year and a truncated, to use a Trey Fitzgerald word, offseason. So <laughs> all, all, all signs are pointing up for the Monarchs this year, and I hope they have a great season. Yeah, you love to see it, and it'll be fun to watch this year. So um, moving on from the Monarchs news, um, we've got just I, – I feel like there have been some rumors flying around this week, and I feel like we always have a, a good old – I feel like it's not like a, an RSL Sundays podcast episode unless <laughs> we have like a good Anderson Julio rumor, but Anderson Julio rumor is kind of starting to heat up again. Um, apparently, Ray also like is still in talks with him. Um, it's just crazy how long this is kind of taking to possibly get done, so – um, it's possible that we see Real sign Anderson Julio again soon. And then also, former RSL man, popping through the rumor mill, might be returning to Real Salt Lake after a, I guess you could say, relatively short stint away from the team in Brazil. Alex, who am I talking about? Jefferson Savarino, whom we have a 40% sell-on clause for, or in this case, perhaps a 40% discount. So, yes. you know, we loaned him out for $2 million plus 40% sell-on fee to Atletico Mineiro in the top flight in Brazil. Recently, he has been winning a trophy like every other week with these Brazilian and South American leagues. There's just so many different like state cups and national cups and league cups and other things like that. And it like if you follow the guy on Instagram every single week, I swear on his story is a new trophy. So congrats to him on doing so well and keeping a somewhat close eye on his time there he has done really well and so that's why it came as an absolute shocker to me that he was even in conversations to join rsl because it feels like the next progression for him is europe perhaps yep. he doesn't see it that way perhaps he really enjoyed his time here which is you know my best case scenario in my opinion and mm -hmm. really wants to come back you know he earned his first ever venezuelan national cap at rio tinto so maybe i don't know maybe there's some some hard eyes on the club for that regard. Yeah. And he's mm -hmm. really good friends with, uh, I guess, uh, really good friends. I don't know how close they are. But Sergio Cordova, when he came to the team, mentioned that he had talked to Savarino about the club. So perhaps there's a link there that is worth mining for the team and for um, Jefferson. But it, this came as a huge surprise to me, and it was kind of just totally out of the blue. I would, I yeah. think he would immediately come in and become the best player on the roster. Like I think mm -hmm. he was when he left. Yeah. And I think it would be a major coup for RSL and a huge positive for a relatively quiet off season. If we could find a way to get him back to the club for a 40% discount. I mean, talk about the best player on the team. I think Dami might have an argument there. Def, uh, he's number two, if, if, but if so, I don't know, man, Sab has been tearing, like he's, he's pretty much matched his numbers from RSL in both appearances, goals and assists in brazil which is i think most would agree is a higher standard of play than mls so if he's maintained his statistics and comes back i think he's going to be a much better player than he was and i think he's going to be one of the better wings in major league soccer that like he was really good when he was here and i think we kind of forget just how high of a ceiling he had and we had a guy like Jason Ramirez come in that was touted to be kind of the next Sava and was better prepared. If you can't hear my air quotes to come into the league than Sava was, which clearly did not pan out. So maybe we could just get the next Sava by getting Sava. And that would be uh, a wonderful move for the team. In my opinion. I agree. Fantastic fit with the team. Um, you know, he, he's a Spanish speaker, which something, which is something that, I feel like Real is really going for this year. A lot of guys that can speak Spanish, um, hopefully improve chemistry and communication, which was like communication was a big issue at times, apparently throughout yeah, the team last totally. year. 
Um, so that would be nice to have. Like you said, man, it is a big, it, it's a huge fit. It's a team need that we have, um, especially losing Albert Rusnak to be able to replace him with, uh, with Savarino coming back. That would be massive in and of itself. And just the impact that Savarino had on this team. You ask any Real Salt Lake fan, nobody would say that they wouldn't want Severino to come back to the team. Um, One of my most vivid memories as a fan was I was in the stands for a game that Real Salt Lake was playing against Atlanta United. And uh, in stoppage time, it was tied. And Severino had a shot from outside the box that just like... Yeah, yeah, I know know what you're talking about. Absolutely drilled it. Scores the game-winning goal in stoppage time. And I lost my voice and could not talk <laughs> the next day. And I will never forget that moment because of Saba. So I would love to have him back on the team. I think it'd be a very, very good fit here. And it's interesting to me that he was here for some of our not best years. So for a yeah, guy to have gone through that and a lot of the off-field stuff that the club was unfortunately a part of, and you know he missed the latter half of, or I guess the worst half of what was to come. But for a guy to have gone through that and still apparently possess this desire to return speaks volumes about the club, in my opinion, about the culture that we've built here, which I think is something that Pablo Mastroeni has talked about kind of reinvigorating. And we see that from John Kimball and Tony Beltran and, you know, all the way down in the front office. And these are the kind of rewards I think you can reap when you have that sort of culture. So I, it, it would be amazing if we could get Savarino to return from pretty much every single aspect from culture, from, a sporting aspect. And I think he would, you know, as I said, come in and be the best player on the roster. And if you're going to replace Albert Rusnak in the middle with Dami, that works for me, whatever, but then you've got to replace him on the wing. And if we can do that with Savarino, I think that is best case scenario. So if we can get this, if we can find a way to get this done, I would, it would turn a lackluster off season into a great off season, just like that for me. So fingers crossed on this one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really hope he comes back and uh, would love watching him play with the team, especially this team we have this year, um, really, really help out our chances to get into the playoffs. Um, All right. So moving on to, I guess, the last part, the last segment of our show, going to be a little bit of a game preview for the Houston Dynamo game. This game occurs on tonight. I'm saying tonight because I think this podcast is going to be released tomorrow for us, which is Sunday, which is today, I guess, on the podcast episode. (laughs) So tonight at 5 p.m. depends on when when you're listening to this episode but 5 p.m this sunday going to be an, an exciting game on the road um so unfortunately no home game this week but next week we'll have a home game we'll talk about that next week but this houston dynamo game very intriguing houston is a team that did not have a very good record last year we kind of owned them last year but this year they're they're returning with a little bit more of a healthy team a little more of a dangerous team and the thing that worries me a little bit right now too is um, looking at Lucas Muller's page, uh, he, he had tweeted this out, just kind of some of the injuries that Real Salt Lake has going into this game and some guys that we will be without, unfortunately. Um, Zach Farnsworth, still with that nagging injury, he's going to be out. Nick Beasler, not fit enough to play in this game. He will be out. Axel Kai also missing. And then Rubio Rubin with that nagging injury of his as well, missing this game. Questionable is David Ochoa with the injury, if you remember, he picked that up in the preseason game about a week ago. And Demir Krylock is also questionable. Um, if I had to put money on it, I, I think Dami plays. David Ochoa is truly questionable. I don't really know if he's going to play or not. And then suspended in this game is obviously Aaron Herrera. So lots of guys missing, guys that need to step up. Alex, 
How do you think this game's going to go? Um, just to jump in really quick, Axel yeah. K is how we're supposed to pronounce that. Just oh, so man. you know, and just so All the right. listeners know, I'm doing my my due diligence, Axel K. But well, I agree okay. with you. I think, <laughs> very good. I think <laughs> Dami probably plays. I don't know that he starts. He got very little preseason action. So I don't, I, I would have a hard it's time true. imagining he's even 60 minutes fit. Maybe 30 is the best we get. David Ochoa sounds like he was kind of gobbled up by the turf monster in Portland. As you said, probably a true toss up. I hope he plays. I mean, yeah. every game that he is in is more fun if he's playing. Also yes. suspended is Aaron Herrera. So we are coming into this game, maybe not heavily outgunned, but wildly depleted, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So I don't really know how we're going to look. I doubt Johan Kapelhoff is fit enough to go 90. So we probably don't see three in the back, which means the back line is probably going to have a mixture of Tate Schmidt and Andrew Brody, which I'm going to hold my breath on that one. Yes. <laughs> and then you've got Everton, Pablo Ruiz in front, as we've seen in preseason. I think that's going to be the partnership. I would be surprised if Scott Caldwell owned a starting position yet. Mm-hmm. At the 10, it's got to be Johnny Menendez, which only really leaves Chang on one wing. And who am I thinking of on the other? Justin Miram. And then up no. top is hopefully Bobby Wood. So heavily, heavily depleted team. I we we harped on draws a lot earlier in this podcast and Pablo hasn't ever gotten a single one as Arsa head coach. He's seven wins, seven losses, no draws. I think this would be a great time for his first tie as an RSL head coach because man, going on the road in MLS is hard already going on the road, missing a whole bunch of starters to start the year is even worse. So if we were to squeak out of there with a draw in a place that's pretty difficult to win, we've only won there three times in our history, I think would be a W if we got a draw. Yeah, so, and if you remember, if, yeah, if if you remember Real Salt Lake last year, they were not very good on the road. So yeah, getting a tie, especially as a, a team like RSL, um, yeah, that would be a, a huge one. I totally agree with you. Um, you, you mentioned Justin Merrim might be starting in this game, and he very well might be starting. I personally would like to see Sergio Cordova start over him. If that's a great point. Enough. That was that was a brain fart on my part. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, you're fine. I, new guy coming in, and obviously he may not have his feet totally under him yet. He's looked great in preseason by, by my books, but he, he hasn't been able to obviously, and a lot of guys haven't been able to go like a full 90 minutes. I haven't really seen him play at an extended amount of time in the preseason, which worries me a little bit, but if he's fit enough to start, I would really like him getting a starting position on a wing. Um, this game, you mentioned uh, Michael Ching. I, I think unfortunately we might be stuck with that. Tate Schmidt might also be starting. Um, and while Tate Schmidt is not my favorite option, and I know it's only preseason, he looked he looked okay for all the time that he got in the preseason. And um, like not a guy that's going to kill us, but he's done that in the past, so it very well could happen. But yeah, undermanned. I would really like a tie in this game. And um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, a, a win would be fantastic and amazing, and a great way to start the season. So. I know, oh, and we'll see if we can do that. It bums me out because we're gonna get this narrative that you have to give a team time to kind of launch to start the season, and I get that. Right. I fully understand it does take time, but these points count the same as points yeah. in October and November. So I hate, I hate that excuse that oh, guys still are coming in from you know the window just opened or guys are still getting fit. Like other teams are dealing with the same issues, and somehow they find a way to make it work to start the season. Mm-hmm. So not that one loss or one tie here you know sinks our season of course not obviously you know i think it's it's fair to give a a a new coach which i think pablo is three months ish to really assess how their team plays and where they're at 
So I'm, I'm willing to give the team time. I'm willing to give the roster time, but I do want to instill a little sense of urgency that these points do matter and that we squeaked into the playoffs last year in the 94th minute in Kansas yep. City. And I would really appreciate if we didn't have to do that same circus again. So mm-hmm. as much as I want to preach patience, I also need to convey a little bit of urgency and we're just going to have to wait and see hopefully the roster gets healthy really really quick we could use guys like Ochoa Herrera and Dami and without them I think this team is not only worse from 1 to 11 but also the depth gets really shaky beyond that point so we're just going to have to wait and see all of those points you know I think are valid beyond the Houston game so if you're listening to this after the Houston game I stand by everything what of what I just said, despite however that game goes. So I'm excited for the season to start, but extremely nervous to see how we, which foot we get off on. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, in, in the past, it hasn't been great in the beginning of the season for Real Salt Lake. We've really been a second half team that has really stuck in and and worked hard to get the points at the end of the season to get to squeak into the playoffs. And so I would like to see a little bit of a reversal, in, at least in the first half of the season this year, is for Reyes like to get a hot start and to, to be semi-consistent going into the second half of the year. Um, that's something that Reyes really struggled with in seasons of past. Um, I think it was, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Justin Merriam even talking about the consistency of the team and the team needs to be more consistent and they're finally getting to that point. Um, I hope that that shows in this game. I want to do something a little different if that's okay with you. Uh, for for this season with some of the games, um, I kind of want to. I mean, we're, we're gonna th- throw a score prediction out there just for fun, just for kicks and giggles, just to make it fun. <laughs> but um, also, I want to, and I- I'm not gonna ask you first. I'll go ahead and talk about my guy. But um, I want to for every game this year mention a player that's kind of a one to watch okay. for you. I love in that the game. I love that. And so um, for me in this game. My one to watch is going to be Johnny Menendez. I, I almost said Bobby Wood, which I, I really want to see how he does as well in that spot at striker. But I think Johnny Menendez is going to be the key in this game, personally. Um, way too inconsistent last year for our liking. And I think he's got a huge chance with no more Rusnak to be able to possibly play in that central position. Um, we'll have to see game time where he starts centrally or out on the wing i think i agree with you i think he starts centrally in this game and if he does that um he's going to need to be the catalyst going forward in the final third he's going to need to have clean passes to the strikers up top to the other forwards he's going to need to be talking in that midfield he's going to need to be a leader which is a lot to ask of from a guy that just really played one season with us last year and uh and came from i, I guess overseas but um it's something that he needs to do this year with no more Rusnak. He's really got to step up. He's going to be my one to watch for this game in Houston. Alex, who is your one to watch against Houston for this game? Well, first off, I love your Johnny Menendez pick because I think he is a big part of what we want to do moving forward as a team. And if he can't cut it like I don't think he did last year, we're going to be in for some trouble. But I love this question. And I have decided my guy to watch will be Justin Thomas Glad. And the reason I say that is because he is turning 25 in just a couple days. He is the longest tenured RSL player on the roster. And he's yet to ever wear the captain's armband if my memory serves. And not that that's, you know, the mark of a good or bad player. But one thing I want to watch or I guess key in on 
on Justin Glad this season is his leadership and communication along the back line. A lot of the time last year, we saw Eric Holt in the center center back position. And I think that's a spot that Justin Glad should be a, a key leader and a key player for us. He should be the organizer along the back line. He should be the leader of this team as a guy who came through the academy and now starts on the first team. And I still think he's got obviously tons and tons of time ahead of him to get to that point. He's still a young player, but this feels like a really pivotal season for him because at this age, he is no longer a young guy. I, you know, I just called him a young player and now I'm backtracking, <laughs> but he's, he, he's, he's a, he's a veteran now. And he's a, you know, a very well-defined professional soccer player. And it was only a few years ago that he was rumored, you know, kind of with the Eric Palmer Browns of the world to make that move to Europe and see if he could really test himself and become a U.S. men's national team day in, day out starter. And clearly yeah. that never came to fruition. But I still think there's time for that. And if he's going to make that leap, it's going to have to happen sooner rather than later for him. And so I would be watching him closely in this game and closely throughout the season to see if he can make that leap as a player and as a leader and see what he can offer the team in those intangibles, in those communication factors and those leadership qualities and things that the longest tenured player on the roster should be providing you. And not that he doesn't, but just seeing if he can take those to those to that next level. So he is my player to watch for the Houston matchup. And if yeah. we can keep a clean sheet, we've got a great shot at at least one point. And <laughs> Pablo Mastretti reiterated on the radio this week that it's going to be incredibly hard for this team to score goals from the get-go because we've lost so many players, and namely Anderson Julio and Albert Rusnak. And in preseason, we've had a hard time putting the ball in the back of the net. So if we can keep a clean sheet, we can at least get out of there with a point. So I'd be watching closely on Justin Glad. Got his playoff starts last year. Got cooked only a couple times did relatively well in the playoffs. So he is my guy. Yeah. I is like that a good analysis. answer, Ethan? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like your analysis there. Um, I agree with you. Justin Glad really has to step up and be undoubtedly the best the best defender. Uh, not defender. Oh, Aaron Herrera has his own right. No, that, I, I think, no, I I think say, that's a great center back. No, you stay with that. He should okay. be the best defender on the roster. Yeah. I think Aaron came in. And I think he took that mantle and I think he's won the club's defender of the year, maybe the last two years, maybe just last year. But I think you should stand by that. Justin All Glad right. should be. He has no reason to not be the best defender on the roster. Right. And we'll, I think we'll if that, that if that would be a challenge for him this season, I think he should take that right on the chin and he should work to achieve that because he he was the best he was the best potential defender on the team and he never became the best defender on the team. So you know what, Ethan, I'm making you stand by that. He should be the best defender on this roster come the end of the season, even All with right. Johan Kapelhoff joining the team. All right. Sounds good. Well, I guess I'm locked in on that one for the rest <laughs> of the season. So, all right. Sounds good. Yeah. I, I would like for him to do that for sure. Um, my, my game prediction in this one, I don't think rail actually ends up keeping the clean sheet. And I think that they get a rare tie um, with Pablo, his first tie as a head coach, as you had mentioned, I think this game ends in a one-one draw, and I think the goal, bold take here, comes from a Justin Merrim goal off of the bench, and okay. like later in I the can game. Work with that. Um, so I think I think Houston scores early, and then Ray also like uh, equalizes late. What are you, what is your prediction for the score of this game? With so many offensive weapons missing, do I really yeah. want to make my first score prediction a loss? Not really, but do I want to be right? Also, yes. Exactly. I'm going to go 1-0 Houston. I don't think we find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. I don't think we can keep them out of it. 1-0 feels fair. I don't think Houston has the offensive power to go score more than that. So that's what I'm going to yep. stick with, even though I don't really like it, and I really hope we win or draw this game. Yeah, definitely, definitely see it, unfortunately. But... Uh, you know, that's why they play the game. It's because you're you know, so right. Games aren't any, played on paper. 
exactly. Anything can happen in sports. So we'll see about the game tomorrow in Houston. I hope that all of you will be watching that game. Um, Alex, before we end the podcast today, did we miss anything on this one? There actually was one thing I wanted to add really quickly. We have a total of five RSL Academy players called up to their respective national team camps. Those guys, USU 15s, Luis Rivera, Dominic Berrios, and Xavier Gozo. And for the Mexican U 15s and 16s, Carlos Castrejon and Armani Haro. Uh, Keep an eye out for those names. I would be stunned if they're not on the Monarchs roster and playing some minutes for them within the next couple months i was gonna say a couple years but i mean with the way that <laughs> roster looks currently i'm sure they'll get a crack at it sooner rather than later but yes that's all i've got for news and notes other than that if you like this podcast please share it with a friend or if you don't like this podcast share it with a friend too <laughs> we would love to grow as a podcast and as i don't know what, what, what would you call us Not analysts They're just covering the team press you know press sounds too official too we're just uh, we're just a couple of dudes that like talking about ourselves. <laughs> we're just yeah, love, that's exactly. We're just a couple of dudes just looking to do our best, covering the team, <laughs> going to interviews and asking the hard hitting questions that fans want answered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, share the podcast with a friend or a foe. Yeah, or a foe, especially if you hate it, then share it with a foe. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe they'll like it. Who knows? We'll see. But yeah, just share it around, friend, cousin, sister, uncle, pet monkey. I don't know, whatever it is. Just share it around and uh, and let everyone know about it. I am really excited for this weekend and we'll all be watching. So hopefully you will be watching too. Um, I would like to thank everybody today on behalf of myself and Alex for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your time listening to us. If you like what you hear, make sure to follow the Hive Sports um, and then also follow us on Twitter as well. Hit us up with any of the questions you might have for the season this year for Real Salt Lake. And anything you'd like us to address on future podcast episodes. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend and a happy Real Salt Lake Sunday with a an awesome win. We will talk to you all next week. See ya. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.